Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Circle of Nature. This is Selena Fox, and I invite you to join me as we explore sacred work with flowering plants, with flower imagery, with flower symbolism, for home blessing, for healing, for remembrance, for meditations, for ceremonies. I'd like to begin with an invocation I wrote many years ago that can be used for a flower ritual. Flowering of the ground, sacred earth, we call to you, bless and renew our bodies. Flowering of the vines, sacred air, we call to you. Bless and renew our minds. Flowering of the branches, sacred fire, we call to you. Bless and renew our vitality. Flowering of the marsh, sacred water, we call to you, bless and renew our emotions. Flowering of nature, sacred spirit, we call to you, bless and renew our souls. So be it. Flowers have been used through the ages, across cultures, and spiritual and philosophical traditions in a variety of ways. And today we explore flower power, the powers of working with flowers, flower art, flower imagery. There are a variety of ways to connect with flowers one way is to work with living plants. Maybe a tree in bloom. It might be flowers in one's garden. It might be flowers that have been freshly cut and that are in a vase or in some other form of decorations. And it might be a flower that's a symbolic flower, one that has been crafted to represent one or more types of flowers. In addition to symbolic flowers, living flowers, and freshly cut flowers, there are dried flowers and flower preparations, flower essences, flower oils, and flower creations. All forms of flowers can be useful aids in our spiritual life. To begin, I invite you to call to mind in the next few moments of quiet. As I call to the spirits of flowers, to be with us and to guide us in our flower power explorations today. Call to mind particular types of flowers and type um, species of flowers that you have personal connections with. Circle of flowers around us, beauty of flowers within 
circle of flowers around us. Beauty of flowers within us. Circle of flowers around us. Beauty of flowers within us. We call to and honor the spirit of flowers as a whole and spirits of flowers in particular. We honor flowers that have been part of our life's journey. We honor flowers that are blooming and in our lives right now. And we honor the spiritual relationships with flowers that are yet to emerge in our lives and in our practices. Flower blessings. Why flowers? Vegetation is such an important part of the environment around planet Earth. Many plants are ones that we use for foods, for healing, and flower imagery has been part of enriching our lives. Flowers have power and have powerful symbolism and association. One way to connect with flowers is in connection with their symbolism of springtime and spring renewal. In places on the planet where there are seasons, the flowering time happens as spring comes on. I live near Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve in South Western Wisconsin, USA. And we get some flowers on occasion in late March and in April, but our time of flowering is May. Spring ephemerals start appearing as well as flowers in our gardens and the use of flowers in connection with celebrating the seasons is something that's done by people of many backgrounds and spiritual affiliations and identities. Beltanes is a powerful time for celebrating flowers and their connection with springtime and renewal. And some of the ways to connect with the power of flowers for renewal and for celebrating springtime include simply going out and being with the blossoms. This can be in your own home area or if you're in an urban area without flowers immediately at your home site, going to a public park or some kind of conservatory, a botanical garden. If you're out in a rural area, you may enjoy walks out in natural places where you identify the different kinds of flowers that are blooming or starting to come into bloom. Going to a nature preserve, going to a a flowers farm can also be a wonderful way of taking in the beauty of flowers, living flowers that are blooming. In some parts of Japan and other parts of the world, cherry blossoms are a harbinger of the springtime. And there are traditions 
of going out and taking the blooms, taking in the blooms. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and usually in March, going into April, is cherry blossom time. My great-grandfather was working with the U.S. Department of Agriculture and specialized in horticultural research. And he was part of the process of receiving and getting the cherry blossoms, um, trees that were given to the United States more, a little more than 100 years ago, planted. So for me, being able to take in the blossoms of cherries, trees in bloom, has an ancestral connection as well as a springtime um, connection. And if you do get to Washington, D.C. at the time of the cherry blossoms, not only look at the cherry blossoms around the tidal basin where the Jefferson Memorial and some other important monuments are, Martin Luther King Jr.'s memorial is near the Tidal Basin, as well as the FDR Memorial, not too far from the Lincoln Memorial. Um, it's just fabulous. And some of the original trees that were planted in the first part of the 20th century are still there. They've kind of defied the odds and lived longer than the usual life expectancy. I'm so thankful for that way of doing flower blooming and viewing. Another thing that you might enjoy doing is going to a farm market in the springtime. This is not only a place to look at living plants in bloom that are for sale, but cut blossoms and at times flower art is also available there. Going to a greenhouse or a garden place, another wonderful way to get views of flowers. Besides just having the sheer life experience of viewing the flowers, as part of that process, I invite you to consider really spending some time experiencing the flowers. Taking a few moments, being centered, examine each of the flowers that are on view. And many flowers have wonderful aromas, taking in not only the, the sight of the flowers, but the wonderful fragrance that many flowers have available. In May, in Wisconsin, um, there is a place in Madison, Wisconsin, called the University of Wisconsin Arboretum. And in May, usually mid-May, the lilacs are out, the apple blossoms are out. And that is another tradition that's been part of my life for tapping in to springtime celebration and personal and environmental renewal is to actually go and take in the blooms and enjoy the, not only the beautiful colors and the varieties, but the wonderful aromas. And to be present with other humans doing the same. In addition to doing flower viewing as part of springtime celebration and renewal, you very well may do some flower gathering. I like going out and picking flowers from the forest where I make my home and also taking in some of the flowers from my garden. <clears throat> As part of Beltane celebrations, I will gather flowering plants that are going to be planted in my garden and actually put them in baskets and use those May baskets as part of Beltane observances. 
it's a way that you can have a May basket and then later have those plants go right into the garden. Taking a walk in nature and experiencing blooms is a powerful springtime renewal meditation in and of itself. Another flower power is that of home blessing. And this is something that I not only do in the springtime, but I support the flower industry by acquiring flowers at different times throughout the year. I find that in addition to working with the elements of nature, earth, air, fire, water, spirit, to do a cleansing on one's home, that after doing a cleansing and a blessing of the home, a way to symbolize that blessing is to have some fresh flowers in the home. For home blessing, you can create your own arrangements or get one. You have color, often you get the fragrance as well as the beauty. Another way that I have done home blessing has been to put some symbolic flowers around the home that um, endure. And I have an area where I celebrate the divine in various goddess forms. And I have some representational flowers that have been crafted that I'm able to have year round since they're representative flowers rather than actual flowers. Having flowers by one's entranceway, a wreath on the door, uh, flowers in, that are growing um, in container um, right by either side of your door. All of these can be wonderful ways of taking the energy and the power of flowers and doing some home decoration as well as blessing. And certainly having flowers in gardens, be they container gardens or a windowsill garden, or if you also have gardens in land around your home, that itself can be really fabulous. Flowers can be healing, and they also can bring about a greater sense of wellness and well-being. They can be really powerful for those who are not feeling well. So ways of using the healing power of flowers include an actual gifting of fresh flowers, freshly cut flowers or flowering plants to those who are recovering from home Many hospitals, depending on the uh, health situation that's being treated in the hospital for a loved one, will permit cut flowers in the room and flowering plants. You do need to check with healthcare facilities to make sure that that's uh, permitted. When actual flowers aren't permitted in, often flower scents uh, can be used. And one way to bring about a wonderful sense of healing is to use an essential oil from flowers on some type of fan of, or other object that's going to be moved around in the room to release the aroma. Another way that flowers are healing can be in the form of a healing meditation. And I would like to guide you on a flower healing meditation in the next few moments. I invite you to center yourself 
take some deep, slow breaths to relax. And then in the next few moments, closing your eyes or lowering your gaze, I invite you to call to mind an image of a favorite flower that when you see it, when you think about it, you feel wonderful. Call that flower to mind. Let your imagination connect you not only with the sense of the flower, but imagine it being a guide for you. As you envision the flower before you, call to the spiritual healing powers of that flower to be in you, to be around you, to be one with you. Connect with the spirit of that flower. And as you become one with it, experience yourself blooming with new life. with delight, with vitality, with well-being. Being one with the power of healing of the flower you have selected. And then give thanks to the spirit of that type of flower and know that you can use this short visualization as a way of shifting your attention and focusing your intention on healing and well-being. healing flower blessings to you. Another way of working with the power of flowers to bring healing and wellness, there are actually flowers that can be consumed and have health benefits. One of the flowers that I enjoy eating is something known as borage flowers. And some of the folkways connected with borage is not only is it a small flower that happens with, that comes from a beautiful healing plant, but the folklore connected with borages, it gives you courage and vigor. Um, bee balm is another one of my favorite herbs, and its flowers are edible. There's Monarda Deedma, which is the red bee balm, and Monarda Fistulosa, which is the wild variety that has purple flowers. The garden variety typically has red flowers. Both of them are delights to add to salads. And those are just a few. Some people will gather dandelion flowers and make some type of dandelion brew. Often it's some kind of mead um, and it's really fabulous to be able to learn about the different aspects of flowers and how they've been part of the human um, diet 
over time and across cultures. Just because something is beautiful and blooming doesn't mean it's safe to eat, of course. So know your plants and make sure that if you're going to be consuming a flower for health benefits that you have correct ID and that you picked it at the right time. And one of the traditions with working with flowers for internal and external uses is to honor the spirit of the plant, the plant before you actually do the harvesting and then give thanks, of course. Another aspect of healing with flowers is to share healing greetings with flower imagery. In this world of cyberspace, Flowers can be easily transmitted um, through photographs and videos, and that can bring a delight to someone who might be having a challenging time in their life's journey. So I'd also consider not only having flowers sent in an email or in a social media post, as a way of conveying affection and sharing some beauty that you've encountered as you've worked with flowers. But it can be a way of literally helping to bring healing to others. Flowers have been part of life passages across the ages and in cultures in religion, spiritualities, and philosophies around the world. At birth, at coming of age into adulthood ceremonies, at weddings, at ceremonies that celebrate aging, croning, saging, senioring, and then at end of life, as a person is in their final stages of life, after they've died at funerals, memorials, celebrations of life, and at burials. And I'd like to share with you some of the powers of flowers for life passages. One thing to keep in mind is that Flowers can communicate not only affection and remembrance, but celebration. So working with flower imagery or actual flowers or representational flowers, these can be given as a gift at an important life journey occasion. In addition to the circle of life passages that people are most familiar with, marking different stages of development and connection, there are other types of life passages that could benefit from that celebratory and remembrance dimension of the power of flowers. A graduation, a retirement party, a new home, a new business, a grand opening, an anniversary celebration. All of these are also times that could benefit from flowers um, being shared symbolically and or actually. I like working with flowers in a number of different ways for life passage ceremonies. I typically will have some form of flowers on or near the altar. And depending on the type of ceremony, I might actually be wearing some type of a flower crown or the person or persons that the life passage ceremonies for might be physically wearing 
a fresh flower or a head crown of fresh or dried or symbolic flowers. Flowers can be cast around a life passage space to create a circle. Flower petals or actual flowering plants in their pots um, all around or cut flowers creating a big circle. Uh, for some Beltane weddings that I've done, we've not only had the couple having flowers with them, but those taking part in a Beltane wedding can be asked to bring a fresh flower as an offering. And physically we can create an actual circle with cut flowers on the ground. It can look really fabulous. Or there may be a communal um, vase that's on the altar where people can come and add flowers and create a wonderful decoration. Or in some cases, there's a variety of flowers that are in vases on or near the altar. And at the end of the ceremony, everyone is able to take a flower as a remembrance of this important event. Flower bouquets have been used in connection with celebrating achievement since ancient pagan times. Indeed, with the Olympics that um, got restarted late 1800s into the 1900s and now in the 21st century, sometimes um, those who, depending on the Olympics, which type of Olympics and who's organizing it, bouquets of flowers may be given to the victors or they might be gifted with a crown with flowers on it representing that victory. At Circle Sanctuary's Beltane Festival every year, we have a May court. We select our May queen and our May king by lotto, and we've added a, another category, the May couple, or the Beltane spirit couple, sometimes it's known by that. And we literally have people who want to be con considered for our May court to put their names in a cauldron and then names are drawn from the cauldrons for our May queen, our May king, and our May couple. <clears throat> a May couple is a couple that's already established a relationship with each other. And, and as part of our ceremonial observances of Beltane, we do a crowning. And these are typically um, some garland crowns that have been made by one of our community members and they are crowned and then we often have our crowning as part of our Morris dance um, experiences at our Beltane. And there is a Morris dance with a name called the Rose. And the Morris dancers dance around the May King and May Queen as a couple and the May couple and incorporate them in the dance to bless to bring blessings of vitality and good luck for those in our May court. Our May pole not only has wonderful ribbons that we unwrap and then wrap again as we dance the May pole every year, at the very top, we have a huge crown of flowers. These are representational flowers that are there year round. So you can incorporate flowers in life passages that are held not only at Beltane time, but at other festival times. And you keep alive an old tradition 
honor and affection some more powers of flowers. Giving one or more flowers to a lover, a spouse, a friend on a special occasion um, is a token of expression of affection. Mother's Day, which happens in the USA in May, has flowers that have been connected with it since its origins. In fact, I often remark about Mother's Day really having a lot in common with celebrating the flowering of springtime and the gifting of flowers to honor motherhood is something that happened even before Mother's Day became a special occasion every year in the USA. Mother's Day happened at different dates in different parts of the world, but flowers have been connected with motherhood since ancient times. <clears throat> When one goes to Hawaii, one of the traditions that comes from indigenous ways of connecting with nature on the Hawaiian islands is the use of flowers in lays. And it's a tradition to receive a lei when one has received, has arrived in Hawaii or is connected with a visit to that particular island. And I give that as an example, but lays are actually used in some other places in Polynesia. And now that our world has become so globally interconnected, you will find representational lays as well as actual lays in other parts of the world as well. May baskets are an example of an old tradition connected with the beginning of May and now um, not only on Beltane, but May 1st, creating a basket, having flowers in it, putting it on a neighbor's doorstep or hanging the basket on the doorknob, um, knocking or ringing the bell and then disappearing, kind of like a, uh, a, similar to what some people do for, surprising and delighting others. Now at our Beltane Festival in the past, on occasion, part of our youth program has been for the youth to make some May baskets and to go ahead and take them around and put them by everyone's tents who's camping at our festival. We don't do that every year, but that's been an example of May baskets and, and being able to share flowers. It's a way of speaking, I care, I remember, I celebrate you. It's an expression of love. Not only romantic love, but other types of love. Certainly as people um, are getting to know each other, flowers have been connected with courting. In fact, during the Victorian era in the 1800s, there were something called Victorian posies. And these were based on the language of flowers. So different types of flowers each had symbolism and you would select flowers as a way of communicating a message to someone that you sought to have a relationship with. <clears throat> well, courtship, romance connected with flowers is really something that happens throughout the year. And Valentine's Day, which has become a multicultural and religious um, observance over the years, uh, happens February 14th, thereabout. Uh, it's very common for flowers to be given to a loved one at that time. In May and June in the USA, there's graduation and connection with that 
at high schools and colleges and universities, there may be proms or special dances. The prom corsage and boutonniere is something, another way of providing a memory and a connection. I also think that without calling it divination, people have used flowers. Sometimes it's a daisy and will pluck petals off. They love me, they love me not, as one plucks the flower petals to get an answer as to what a relationship might have in the way of future romance. Well, while I recognize that is a form of flower divination, I think a conversation is actually much better as a way of determining how that's going to go. <clears throat> In many Beltane festivals, there is the creation of a special place to have some special time with a romantic partner. And this is called the bower. In fact, there's an old Irish song called Come to the Bower. Well, a bower has flowers and greenery, and it was a place for would-be lovers to go and connect. Perfumes are typically including fragrances that have come from plants, and some of them come from flowers from plants. One of my favorite perfumes as I grew up was Lily of the Valley. When we have Lily of the Valley in bloom and they tend to come out sometime in May in Wisconsin, I enjoy going and gathering Lily of the Valleys to bring blessings to my home. The smelling of those wonderful fragrances certainly takes me back to my maiden time in life when one of my favorite um, scents was to use Lily of the Valley. Weddings. Well, there is a whole piece around the power of flowers at weddings. I've been doing wedding ceremonies since the 1970s. And every flower um, possibility with actual flowers, um, dried flowers, arrangements, garlands, head wreaths. I've had experiences over the years with weddings with different types of flowers being used. Often, the couple that is planning their wedding will have a whole piece specifically working on flowers. Sometimes flowers are in the flower arrangements and the flowers that incorporated in ceremonies are from flowers that have special meaning to the couple. Sometimes it's what's available and sometimes it's what fits the color theme of the wedding, if there is such a thing. <clears throat> There's a variety of deities that have connections with flowers. And if you're going to be invoking a particular type of divinity in a wedding, find out what, if any, flower associations there might be and see if you can at least represent that type of flower symbolically on the altar and possibly have that as a tool to work with in bringing the blessing of union and fertility to the wedding. The bridal bouquet is something that can take a lot of different forms. In some wedding customs, the idea is at the end of the ceremony and often at the end of the reception, the bride will take her bouquet and then toss it to young 
women who happen to be there. And sometimes it's people of, of different ages and gender identities, given the fact things have evolved with that custom over time and see who catches the bouquet. Often the bride will throw it over one of her shoulders and then whoever catches it, the folklore around that is said to be the next one to get married. Having flowers that are carried in the procession, having flowers that decorate the altar space, having flowers that decorate arches where the couple stands under for photographs and or the ceremony, having a big circle of flowers. All of these are things I've experienced um, with couples that I've done weddings for. Having petals cast by a flower attendant um, as the bride is coming down the aisle is something that's um, happened across different spiritual, religious, and philosophical traditions, including pagan hand fastings. And I was a flower girl in my childhood for um, one of my family members, an aunt. I, I got to be the one throwing the flowers along the pathway. Um, and I've had a chance to instruct others who are doing flower petal um, scattering. And a lot depends on the age of the attendants as to how orderly and energetically that may happen. But it's a wonderful touch and many people enjoy having that. Some brides like wearing some type of flower crown as part of a headpiece during the ceremony. And in some cases, both, both um, bride and groom, or if it's the same sex wedding, um, both people are wearing garland crowns. Sometimes the couple, each one will crown each other as part of a wedding celebration. Remembrance at anniversaries is a wonderful thing. Um, and remembrance of the dead is something that's involved flowers for since ancient times not only decorating funerals, celebrations of life and memorials, the indoor space if it's held at a funeral home or some religious building um, or other sacred site, but flowers can be used in the ceremony itself. Circle Sanctuary has a green cemetery and one of our customs is when there is a full body natural burial or the burying of cremains and the cremation part of our cemetery, those who are taking part in the funeral and burial will are asked to bring at least one fresh flower, fresh cut flower to the ceremony. And we often will have some extra flowers for those who weren't able to access some. Sometimes we gather the flowers from our land and sometimes um, we get them from one of the local um, flower vendors that either in grocery or um, farmer's market. And one of the things that we do after the body or the ashes are buried as our concluding part to the ceremony, we will do a chant and place flowers by the grave marker or atop the grave. Um, the reclaiming community 
has a chorus to a song that's been used in the spiral dance that I've adapted um, for the use of our flower placement for remembrance. There is no end to the circle, no end. There's no end to love, there is no end. The original version, there's no end to life. And as we sing the chant, we place the flowers at the gravesite and then literally form a circle around. There's no end to the circle, no end. There is no end to love, there is no end. There is no end to the circle, no end. There is no end to love, there is no end. There is no end to the circle, no end. There is no end to love, there is no end. Often starting that chorus as a chant, slow, more dirge-like, and then after everyone has placed their flowers, gathering our hands together, forming a circle around the gravesite, and letting the song emerge in a more energetic way to uplift our spirits and recognize that although our loved one is, is done with the life now past, that the love continues and it connects each of us. It aids us in bereavement and it helps us in our making of memory at this last rite. What happens at funerals, burials, memorials happens in many communities, including the Circle Sanctuary community and in many traditions around Samhain time. In the Northern Hemisphere, that's late October or early November. Some of the same things that we have done with funerals and memorials happen at Samhain. In fact, those who are members of our community who have their remains laid to rest at our cemetery, we have flowers at the time of the burial or the ashes scattering or interment. And then at Samhain, we do a remembrance of the dead. And we will have flowers on altars. We have a variety of altars with some that are collectively created and some that are created by people who are using a particular focus. For those who have been community members that have died in the past year, we often have an altar where their photographs are present and there are flowers at that altar. We will put flowers on the altar with the spirit plate and the spirit cut, cup where a bit of food and beverages from the Samhain feast are presented there. And later the spirit plate and the spirit cup and the flowers on that altar go up to our main altar at Circle Cemetery and are returned to nature. A presentation of the, um, the food and the beverage and the flowers that are placed in our cemetery to honor the dead. Certainly at different times, flowers are placed on grave sites up at our cemetery. Memorial Day, which in the USA is the last Monday in May, we put flowers at the grave sites of veterans who have served and died um, up at our cemetery. Some cemeteries have all the graves decorated come Memorial Day, it depends on tradition. The cemetery decorations at Samhain time 
um, is another time when we are at the cemetery and remembering the dead. A particular type of flower connected with Memorial Day is the Memorial Day poppy. And uh, these often are fashioned out of some type of fabric or paper and are worn. Um, sometimes funds are raised for veterans organizations from the sale of poppies. And some people will have this tradition in connection with Memorial Day and some with some other type of day that is connected with remembering the dead who have served in the memorial, um, a memorial for the dead, for people who have served in, in the military. Memorial Day originally was Decoration Day in the USA, and it really started emerging during the Civil War when there was massive die-off, kill-off due to the war. And in the South, as well as in the North, people would go and place flowers at cemeteries in remembrance of their loved ones who have died. And then eventually Memorial Day became a national holiday post-Civil War. And uh, some people will have fresh flowers, some people will plant flowers, and there are some type of representational flowers that are year round made of silk or other materials that are left at grave sites. So that's another time um, and another way of connecting with the power of flowers, that of remembrance. And I should mention the casting of flowers on the water. When ashes are scattered in the ocean or in some other body of water, it's traditional to not only cast the ashes, but to cast flowers as a way of remembrance. <clears throat> At Circle Cemetery, we not only have flowers atop the grave and around gravestones, but as part of burial, we usually it's dried flowers. We will cast dried flowers and dried herbs into the grave with the body or with the ashes as we do a farewell. Flowers are powerful for connecting with the divine. Yes, there are deities that have connections with flowers. And Flora is probably the most well-known of the divinities. In fact, the Floralia, which was held April 28th through May 3rd in ancient pagan Rome, was dedicated to Flora. And of course, the goddess of flowers, there would be flowers of many types, all celebrating her. Um, Chloris, a Greek goddess, Bloodwood, um, amongst the Celts, uh, the flower face. There is lots of rich history about deities connected with flowers. I invite you to take a look at divinities that you work with and be able to do some research to see if there are plants and within plants flowers that are specifically associated with particular divinities you are aligned with. Flowers are excellent ritual aids for all types of ritual, not only bringing beauty and fragrance to one's altar and sacred space, but you may want to do ritual bathing with rose petals or other um, petals and bath water, washes made of um, petals and flowers. You may want to burn um, incenses or anoint with a floral oil, casting the circle, I've mentioned that. You may want to have a flowering branch serve as a wand. You can use flowers as amulets. I mean, flowers have a lot of versatility and are fabulous. 
let us take a few moments now and call to mind flowers in the world today. The beauty of flowers, the essence of flowers, the magic of flowers, and yes, the powers of flowers. We call to the spirit of the flowering realm. We honor the spirits of flowering plants. We honor the spirits of flowers. We call to you, we honor you, we give thanks to you for being part of our lives, being part of our spiritual practices, and being part of our podcast today. Flower power be with you now and in times to come. So be it. I give thanks to flowers and the opportunity to share with you about flower power and flower powers. And for more information, I invite you to not only do some research into flowers, but to go out and be with different types of blooms. Pay attention to flowers you're already connected with, as well as flowers that you are interested in learning about. So be it. Thank you all for tuning in. The circle of nature is around us. The circle of nature is within us. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.